This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Health have announced the appointment of a new chief financial officer. Lakia Funches began her new role as CFO on Monday. She was promoted from within the organization. It shouldn't be quite as windy as it was last night and early this morning, but winds could still gust to over 30 miles an hour throughout the day. Snow is possible tomorrow afternoon and evening. Not a whole lot of accumulation, though. For more stories, podcasts, and videos, visit our website, nowdecatur.com. Don't believe the air and water are safe. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. So a town meeting tonight in East Palestine, Ohio, could be crowded and contentious. Residents are back home after a train derailment that led to chemical spills, toxic explosions, and hazardous smoke. They complain of all sorts of issues. Nathan Azadek tells Fox. I now have uh, the chemical burns and reaction rash on my face. And my throat is getting irritated again. The EPA and state officials on the railroad had said that air and water are safe now. Residents are being urged to drink bottled water in case. The U.S. military shot down an Iranian drone today over Syria, not far from where 900 U.S. troops are housed. The three objects shot down in recent days over Alaska, Canada, and Lake Huron remain unidentified. More than a week after the Chinese spy balloon was taken down, Republican Senator Mark Wayne Mullen tells Fox Business China may be looking at U.S. energy infrastructure. I believe these uh, these balloons, these objects are actually reconnaissance. They're trying to find exactly where the pipelines are. All five Michigan State University students wounded in Monday night shooting remain in critical condition this morning. Three others were killed. Another student says she's had enough. Jackie Matthews was also a student at Sandy Hook Elementary School when 26 people were massacred there in Connecticut in 2012. She posted on her at JMAT TikTok account. We can no longer just provide love and prayers. It needs to be legislation. It needs to be action. The Michigan State gunman killed himself. His motive remains unknown. A murderous white supremacist is due in court this hour to be sentenced in Buffalo, New York. We're back in May. Peyton Gendron went on a shooting spree inside a supermarket, killing 10, wounding three, targeting black people. He pleaded guilty to murder and terrorism will get life in prison. Americans were out buying more last month. Retail sales rose 3% after a decline in December. It's the biggest increase since March of 2021. That's Fox's Ginny. Consola. America's listening to Fox News. You know, people ask me all the time, Hannity, what kind of gun should I get? My answer is always the same. I tell them, you got to check out my good friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Let me tell you why. They have over 200 models to choose from in both rimfire and centerfire calibers. They have their brand new 9mm semi-automatic carbine called the Henry Homesteader. By the way, one of my personal favorites. Now, it's ideal for home, property, business protection. And you can check it out by going to their website, henryusa.com. While you're there, you get a free catalog, free decals, and a list of dealers where you live. And check them out yourself. These are all top-quality, American-made firearms that are affordable, accurate, and reliable right out of the box. And when you buy a Henry, it'll be backed by their lifetime satisfaction guarantee and their award-winning customer service with experts who can help you. If you're in the market for a high-quality, American-made firearm, make sure you go to HenryUSA.com, get your free catalog decals, and a list of dealers where you are. You will love this company. There's yet another report from the New York Post on Biden family business dealings, this one involving the president's brother, James. According to the court documents from a lawsuit, James Biden was hired to help a construction company in Philadelphia get $140 million it was owed by the Saudi government, hiring him exclusively to help because he was then Vice President Biden's brother. Something else that Congressman James Comer will be investigating, the Republicans' chairman of the House Oversight Committee, probing Hunter Biden's business dealings, and if there are any links to the president, Comer tells Fox. Multiple members of the Biden family were involved in the influence peddling schemes. And number two, most of these big deals were initiated during Joe Biden's term as vice president. President Biden recently dismissed the probe as politics, saying the American public won't be paying attention. He has also denied being involved in his son's business dealings. There are other investigations also going on at the Capitol. Both the U.S. House of Representatives and the Senate have a slate full of committee meetings today. Among them, is a morning meeting of the Senate Armed Services Committee dedicated to global security matters. One imagines the discussion could focus, in part, on the spate of unidentified aerial objects the U.S. military has been shooting down. 
And both the Senate's Foreign Relations and the House's Energy and Commerce Committees will hold their own meetings discussing the increase in illicit fentanyl trafficking. Evan Brown, Fox News. He doesn't want to be bothered. But we now know the richest, luckiest person in America. The winner of November's record-setting $2.04 billion Powerball jackpot. Edwin Castro. Castro, who wishes to stay out of the spotlight, will take home a lump sum of nearly $998 million. That's Fox's Kristen Goodwin. He lives out in California. Last month, a single lucky winner in Maine got $1.35 billion in the Mega Millions jackpot. On Wall Street, stock futures are down ahead of today's trading. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Here's a look at your News Channel 20 Storm Team forecast today. Mostly sunny and breezy with a steady temperature around 50. Tonight, a 40% chance of showers, mainly after 3 a.m., increasing clouds, low around 37. For Thursday, rain showers likely before 3 p.m., then a chance of rain and snow after that. Cloudy and windy, high near 46. Then Friday, partly sunny, high near 32. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 44 degrees. Your WSOY time is 8.06. Morning and welcome to the eight o'clock hour of Buyers and Company. We got the Brain Trust in here, Nick Millican University in the house. Tanya Andrew from Crossing. All that coming up next. Buyers and Company, WSOY thirteen forty AM one hundred three point three FM, streaming live at nowdecatur.com. We're back here on a Wednesday. I have no idea who we thank for this 50-degree weather in the middle of February. I'm just praying the other shoe doesn't drop because, right, tornado, snowstorm, something is in our horizon. We don't get four, five, six, seven straight days in the 50s during February. Probably right about that. I hope not. Uh, all right. Every Wednesday at this time, you know, Millican's a pretty big operation. A lot of great stories to tell. And uh, we spend uh, a considerable amount of time talking to those folks and students and staff and uh, all the people who are uh, making a difference on the uh, the campus. Uh, Nick's always very happy because he's a Millican alum and uh, he always roots for the home team. Uh, and uh, it's our great pleasure to welcome uh, Dr. Jim Reynolds back uh, to the program. You know, right now in life, we just got in visiting with Drew early who had up the efforts of Memorial. Um, some of us have been looking at the pandemic, you know, three years ago, thinking, okay, you know, probably more than anything, healthcare, higher ed, you know, is going to change dramatically uh, because that shelf life that might have been 10 or 15 years down the road accelerated right into now. Uh, but I'm really grateful we have some steady hands uh, at the top of the leadership uh, of these organizations. And, and I feel that way about you. I, I, you know, that you need calm, you need reason, you need uh, realistic. Uh, and there's a lot of dominoes that are going to fall in a lot of industries, you know, broadcast, whatever it might be. We're just living in a different world three years later than we were. Yeah, it's entirely different than, um, you know, pre-pandemic, you could pretty much – predict with a level of certainty how things were going to go each academic year. Not the case anymore. Uh, We can't predict accurately uh, how many students we'll have at any one time on campus. Um, It's, it's changed so much. I mean, the, the, the modality of teaching has changed Um, just the way that we recruit students, how they look to go to college. They're looking for an experience. Um, And I think during the pandemic, a lot of them, 
decided that this was not the experience that they wanted. They were going to wait until it turned out to be the right kind of place for them. So, yeah, it's entirely different. Than yeah. uh, you, you know, the term, uh, and I hate, uh, you know, in vogue terms, but, you know, right sizing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really not knowing where that lands, uh, particularly when it comes to remote learning, when it comes to parents looking at their kids doing this on a laptop and then there's a value proposition of, you, you know, what we're willing to do. And, and quite frankly, in higher ed in general, uh, you know, the same degrees are costing 170% more than they did, you know, 20 years yeah. ago. So all of that factors in, not just a Millican thing, but just campuses across America. That's absolutely true. I think that we have to take a good look at what we do all the time and make sure that we're doing the right things, the things that provide incredible value to a student's education and make it so that it, uh, the education is accessible to them. Um, I think that that's, that's a big conversation in higher ed right now. Because of exactly what you said, prices have gone up significantly. And I think there's real value in a college education, particularly at Millican, of course. Uh, but well, I, I think, think your numbers back that up. Yeah. I mean, when you look at uh, at the kids who leave your campus and the success rates that are there, I mean, I think you have an argument to make that there is a that the value to that education is certainly there. Well, you've got some help, uh, which I'm, I'm happy for you. Uh, but let's welcome uh, Dr. Sarah Kotick to the program. The brand new, and I say brand new, I mean it's it's only been a couple of weeks, right, since right. the announcement. Not even a month, yeah. Executive <laughs> Vice President, and, and here's where you got to be careful because when they add Chief Strategy. Officer, right. there's a lot more duties to come. Absolutely. <laughs> Good morning and welcome. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from originally? Sure, I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, I got um, a friend that's from Omaha, Nebraska. I'm sure I know them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, born and raised in Omaha. Um, earned my uh, bachelor's degree in accounting, my MBA, and then my doctorate in interdisciplinary leadership all in Omaha at Creighton and University of Nebraska, Omaha. So That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the uh, the connection. It's Howard uh, G. Buffett uh, oh, and, and the yes. family. We even, uh, one of the things you'll know, because I know ag is going to be important to your future, you know, the ag academy that was started with District 61. We took a trip out to the William Jennings Bryant High School in Omaha yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and met with their uh, uh, program. They'd started an inner city uh, ag academy, mm-hmm. uh, and it was wonderful. So there's a lot of great stuff. You know, I grew up within walking distance of William James Bryan's really? Bryan High School. Yep. Well, there's some yeah. really, it's a cool story. Yeah. And, uh, they were very, very helpful. Uh, we had the, the, the great fortune to learn from their mistakes, uh, when, <laughs> when starting uh, a public school ag academy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's great. Welcome to the community. Thank you. What, what's your, your take so far? Well, you know, I've had 20 years of experience in higher ed finance and strategy. And, um, what I'm really impressed with, and I think we have all the building blocks we need is, we have great programs. We have great co-curriculars. And um, on top of that, I think we're ahead of the curve a bit on the whole pricing issue um, in higher ed. My research was really on tuition setting strategies. And um, I was happy to see that Milliken had adopted the make and promise back in 2021. You know, just historically, I'm a lifer here. So I've been around Milliken my entire life. And the thing that I think you guys still are struggling against is for a very long time, the illusion was this isn't affordable to you. And this is some sort of very elite thing that, that, and there wasn't a lot of, you know, pushing for local, you, you know, and in my opinion, I, I think there's a handful of colleges, you know, in the United States of America that guarantee you a path because yeah. you have a degree from Stanford or from Harvard. And, and then everybody else is trying to go, what can we do in the value for that? Absolutely. I also look at, you know, you're different as a private school versus mm-hmm. a public school, but I don't see how we have a northern, an eastern, a southern, a western, and they're all offering the same thing. That's not going to last, right? Right. Uh, when you were talking about right-sizing, I think that's happening in the industry of higher education. We're seeing it um, really even in our own backyard here. And so uh, part of it is really making sure that we're distinctive and we serve um, those who who are most in need around us. And so the Make and Promise um, program, what I love about it is that our local Macon County folks, if they want to attend, we can really get them there with very little or no cash out of pocket if they're living at home. Now, of course, we'd love for them to live on campus and have that campus experience. But you have to be a hybrid. I mean, the, yes. the, the days of your demanding how people do it are exactly. over in most industries, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a great program. But mm-hmm. but you got to overcome a lot of years oh, of, yes. of sending up the other yes. sign, you know, and that takes a while. Yep. The perception in private higher ed is that it's elite and it's for those 
who have more than less. And really what is so ironic about that is that I find that colleges such as ours at Milliken, we really do a great job because of our size that we're able to make sure nobody falls through the cracks. Um, You walk across campus and the faculty know you, the staff know you, the president knows you. Um, And that really is helpful in succeeding and hitting your graduation goals. Yeah, And I can tell you, uh, just visually, the campus looks a lot more like our community today than it did, you know, even 10 years ago, which is a great testament to leadership and, and, and the, you know, the, the importance you put on diversity and making mm-hmm. sure that that campus looks like our community. Yeah, that's very important to us. It's one of the four pillars of our new strategic plan uh, to have a more inclusive and welcoming campus. And we do a lot of programming around that. Uh, you know, we had a wonderful event uh, the other night for Black History Month, a spoken word artist that came in and I thought did a, uh, an amazing job with a, a, a pretty decent sized crowd in Kirkland. Um, we've got a lot of other things happening on campus that uh, allow us to showcase the really rich diversity uh, of the, our student body, our faculty and staff, and why it's so important to us. All right. So, uh, what? When you look at centers, you know, across, I mean, if you divide up, you know, degrees and programs and I mean, how do you determine what's cost effective, what's not? I'm like, I'm, I'm sure there's a difference between, you know, somebody who comes to be a student and play on the football team versus somebody who wants to be a dancer or a director and, and, and all those things cost different amounts to do. How do you get a handle on that? I mean, I know you want to try to be everything for everyone, but it almost feels like it's the opposite of that moving forward. Does that make any sense? Sure, it makes perfect sense. I, I, we're in the midst of looking at all of that right now and making sure that we have the right programs for the students that we serve. Um, it's it's a challenge. You know, I think that it's hard for people to understand that we're a business just like any other business. Um, we have to be uh, careful about how we do the work that we do. And I think it's uh, it's always a good thing and it's the right thing to take a look at um, all the things that you're doing on a campus and to make some decisions that um, help your campus to grow and to be better at what it does. All right. So, uh, you know, as you move in, like, like right now, kids are back on campus. I mean, I know where everyone was excited to be back, right? I mean, I, yes. I can't imagine that wasn't yeah. contagious. We've seen that just in the guests, whether they're students or instructors. You can't, you, you maybe can do things online and we certainly have the technology to be able to do things, but having that that spatial relationship is very, very important, right? Yes. It's huge for us. I mean, that's the, I think, part of the value proposition of a place like Milliken is having the opportunity on campus, so many different co-curricular and extracurricular opportunities for them. Our uh, students um, run ventures on campus. We have 13 of those right now, and uh, they're they're terrific. I st- students get real-world experience at running a business that they create. All right. When you do a strategic plan, um, you know, a master plan, you know, it wasn't uncommon to do a 10 year master plan. I don't even know how you look a year down the road, let alone five years yeah. or 10 years. But this strategic plan, you're looking at five, right? Five year plan, uh, looking at um, the most important things that a university does. How do we improve our academic quality, um, making sure that we're an inclusive and welcoming campus, uh, focusing on a good financial model going forward. These are all really important things for us. And I think that Millican has done terrific work in the past. We've got more work to do. All right. Why the community partnerships? Why is that such a big aspect to this and, and being new to the community? Although you're not new, right? You brought your daughter here to visit the campus? Actually, yes. My daughter, yeah. uh, Carly, is a costume uh, tech major, and she's a sophomore. That's my favorite part of the whole thing was the behind the scenes. You know, we, we all understand the, the stage stuff, but yep. I did the costume rooms. Oh, oh, my God. That building is just amazing. Yeah. And the faculty are so wonderful and fellow students. So I was actually here, what would it have been two years ago when uh, Carly was first looking at colleges and she had her heart set on going to Chicago and being in the big city. And uh, we came here and she just knew right off the bat that this was the place for her. The campus visit was so impactful. And um, so, yeah. And then on top of that, I ran into one of my good old friends, uh, <laughs> Jim Reynolds. I saw his picture on a magazine and on the school magazine. I'm like, wait a minute, Jim Reynolds is here. And they're like, that's our president. And Isn't I'm it like, weird how small the world is buddy. sometimes? Yeah. So, so we, how did you guys intersect to yeah, begin with? Very early in, in yeah. my career, um, I was at, <laughs> maybe not your size. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, thanks a lot for that. <laughs> no, um, we both worked together at Midland Lutheran College, which is now Midland University in Fremont, Nebraska. So um, that was my first role as chief financial officer of a small college. And uh, Jim was serving as the vice president of academic affairs. So. All right. Uh, that's uh, very cool. Uh, I, I, the sustainable financial model, I'm sure we'll have lots of conversations about because, I, you, you know, no one right now is on 100% sure footing. I, I mean, right. you know, every industry has been accelerated to a point where the old institutional way of doing things just isn't going to be sustainable, yeah. right? I, I mean, I, I, I know people hate change, and I know it is our nature to sort of fight against that, but I'm telling you, your life will get a whole lot easier, and I mean everyone everywhere, if you learn to lean into change because mm-hmm. it is here yeah. and it's not going anywhere, and we're going right. to see a lot of old-school ways go way and new school ways and i think eventually it will be better for everyone that doesn't mean there's not pain in the medium time you know like right now uh you know we look at ai we look at you know uh, you know chat gpt and i'm sure you could have all kinds of conversations just what that means in academics but we also see that five years from now there will be a lot of career paths that we don't even know exist today that's right. Yeah, I, you know, I'm excited about the future for Millican. I think that we're uh, doing the right things at the right time, uh, taking a very good look at uh, who we are and what we do. The community relationship piece is really important to us as a university. We want to reach out and be a better neighbor to Decatur. It's a personal thing for me since I grew up here. This is my hometown, and I want to make sure that we're doing the right thing for Decatur. Yeah, your dad ran the Kroger, right? Yeah, and he was the manager of the two Kroger stores at that time. There's the Brentwood Village store he yeah. opened in 1961. Wow. Yeah. I wasn't around for that one. Okay, thank you for that. I have my not-so-old moment. Uh, <laughs> I don't recall that. Uh, but but so you grew up here. You had, a, you know, when obviously you kind of knew the community, although it's sure. you know, changed a lot since then. Uh, how's your time been, you know, back? I mean, you know, it's a, clearly the turbulent times that everybody went through. You know, you're opening a brand new building right in the middle sure. of a global pandemic. I mean, no one could have scripted that mm-hmm. when you decided to take the job. Yeah. But have you enjoyed the time? Yeah, Decatur's always been my touchstone, right? I always came home. And being able to come back to Decatur and serve in this role as president of Millican University, it is such an incredible pleasure and blessing to me. I'm going to give you a very quick anecdote. Um, had dinner with Teresa Rutherford yep. when we first, uh, when she first became CEO at the hospital. Uh, my wife Sue and I were waiting for she and her husband to come into the restaurant. Uh, they walked in. I leaned over to Sue and said, "I played junior league football with him <laughs> in fifth grade, and, I, and we talked all night about junior league football." That's wow. funny. <laughs> JFL over at Firestone, yep. or would have been Firestone at the time. That's funny. Uh, so, what surprised you so far about the community? Hmm, what surprised me? Well, I... I mean, I, in the two and a half weeks. Right, right. Here. You know, within the Decatur community, I've just been thrilled with the amount of arts. Um, I'm really... I fancy myself a fiber artist. I'm not really well known for it, but well, I love but to hang on a second. How unusual <laughs> is it to have an accountant artist, yes. right? Yes. That's left brain, uh, right brain in most people that doesn't come, you know, together like that. One of my superpowers, I think. I so. think so too. Well, Nick is a, is an art uh, a graduate of Millican University. So Glad to hear it. we are big supporters of the arts yes. and uh, there's a lot more today than there was even five years ago. And I think a lot more to come. And I think Millican can play a huge uh, role in that because you got a lot of really creative people on campus. Yep. I was just looking at a, a, a showing. There's a, I think the, the staff has a, an art exhibit coming up. Is that right? The faculty? Right, yeah, this weekend. Yeah. Uh, the, the, towards the end of this week, they'll have their um, faculty exhibition for this year. Yeah, that's cool. All right, campus visit day, Saturday, February 25th. You can RSVP at millican.edu slash visit. What is it you're looking for? Uh, who's invited? Uh, give me the details. Um, any uh, prospective student that wants to come and check Millican out, uh, come on campus and hear about all the good things that we do. Uh, we'll talk to you about our 99% success rate. Uh, six months after graduation, every student, 99% of our class is either gainfully employed or in professional or graduate school. So we want to talk about how good we can prepare you for life after Millican. 
and the opportunity to talk about a thousand dollar book voucher as well. All right. And what time or, you know, where do people go? I mean, I, I was looking for that. I, I guess I could probably pull up the, uh, the website here and find it, but you, you know, it's a big campus. You know, it's, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, where's the, the, where's the front door? Right. It's University Commons. Right. If you'll come down, uh, towards where the old Staley Library used to be, uh, that's our student center, uh, University Commons. Uh, just a terrific building, and that's where we all get started. All right, and uh, that can, it's eight thirty to two uh, on Saturday, February twenty fifth. Uh, and if you haven't been uh, for a while, I think you you almost find the campus unrecognizable. I mean, it, it's I, I don't understand the architecture. We had Steve Oliver in earlier with the new public school that's being built. But the the ability to sort of maintain the feel and the look, but modernize, is just such an impressive thing mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I don't know how they yeah. do it. Me neither. I'm a biologist. I don't know anything about building <laughs> well, I, buildings. But you stand in that that theater and dance, that school of theater, and it is as as modern as anything you oh, will see yeah. in the United States of America. Yet it fits in the middle mm-hmm. of this campus incredibly well. Yep. All right. Well, listen. Don't be a stranger. Welcome right. to the community, and uh, we're glad to, to meet you today. And, and uh, we look forward to uh, keeping people informed of what's happening at Milliken over the next weeks and months and years. And uh, keep up the great work. I know it's not an easy time in, in anything trying to figure out uh, the lay of the land, but uh, we're glad you're here doing that. Thank you, Brian. We appreciate Brian. you. All right. We're going to take a break. When we get back here, bottom of the hour, Tanya will join us from Crossing. We got a lot to get to here in the final forty minutes. Stay tuned. Here's Nick with your News Channel Twenty Storm Team forecast. Today is going to be mostly sunny and breezy with steady temperatures around 50. For tonight, 40% chance of showers mainly after 3 a.m. Increasing clouds, a low around 37. For Thursday, rain showers likely before 3 p.m. Then chance of rain and snow after that. Cloudy and windy with a high near 46. Then Friday, partly sunny with a high near 32. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 44 degrees. Your WSOY time is 825. John, the price of groceries is enough to send somebody into a panic mode these days. Yeah, especially when the refrigerator goes kaput. Even more so. We got a call from a customer who had that problem with a freezer load of those expensive groceries. And that'll keep you awake at night just thinking about it. Right. So, because Dick Van Dyke stocks the 100 most used parts, we were able to send a factory-trained tech out to her place to fix the problem before she lost any of that food. And he wasn't some subcontractor either. Trained right here locally by the team of Dick Van Dyke. You know, one way to fight inflation? Yep. Keep from having to buy expensive stuff twice. Yes, you got that right. This is Dennis Regan, chairman of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. When you buy from us, you get the whole store, which means you have the comfort of knowing that if anything goes wrong, we'll make it right. Wow! When you buy from us, you get the whole store. Need some motivation to pick up those running shoes or get the bike tuned up? Just listen in to Ride and Run each Tuesday morning on Buyers and Company. Kyle, owner of Fleet Feet, and Cole, owner of Spin City Cycles, will talk about how runners and cyclists are continuing their training, encouraging others, and sharing photos of their journey. Come in and shop at 1088 and 1090 Westwood or shop online at FleetFeetDecaturIL.com or SpinCity.co and listen in each Tuesday at 6. 620. You're listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at nowdecator.com. Man, you do those shows where you have like 90% of your stuff at the end of the show you didn't get to. You weren't going to get to any of it. You, this thing's booked all the way from front to back. Well, I know, but I thought I had, you know, some time to get, you know, some of the stuff in here. Here, I'll sneak a one-second one in. When you go home today, make sure you watch your full swing. It came out today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yep. I got it, it, totally on the calendar. <laughs> right. All, That's that. all over on. that. <laughs> by the way, speaking of that, I saw the coolest. There's a guy by the name of Ryan Palmer that plays on tour. He's not yeah. a big name, doesn't win. But when he goes to the Phoenix Open, mm-hmm. he wraps uh, golf balls uh, with $20 bills and a rubber band and uh, and like and, and writes buy a drink on the golf ball oh, and hands them out randomly to people through, throughout the WM uh, Phoenix uh, golf cool. tournament. 
Yeah, I like that. I mean, you talk about a guy who's just like, he just, that's so smart. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the outfielder that throws the baseball to the kid. Except it's a lifetime out of his pocket. Right. I mean, if the baseball was wrapped in cash. Sure. Yeah, but he's making that lifelong memory for somebody just because you can, because you want to. Yeah, but, th- nice. but, but, but there, no one's there for nostalgia. It's the rudest, loudest group. This is like I'm buying my way through. Oh, fair enough. It's not a lifelong memory. It's like I got a free beer. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not as nostalgic. <laughs> not some twelve year old kid. Yeah, it's not as the... sweet. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, anyway, I thought that was a, just a super idea because I'd never seen a picture of it. It's just like literally like with a sharpie. You know. Yeah. You know, get a drink. And yeah, it's that's like cool. Pretty cool stuff. I'd be surprised, like, more people don't do that kind of thing. It's amazing what you, you know, a little bit can buy a lot of goodwill. Sure can. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've been on the receiving end of some of that stuff, and I loved it. All right. Hey, tomorrow, we're going to take a look at, we've been talking all about this change and pandemic. The most important global events of the last 100 years. As we map out what all of this means and how life gets impacted, put some teeth into this thing we've been talking about. We'll be back. This is R.J. Crace with your stories now brought to you by Shop on Main. Illinois EMS workers would have to wear body cams while on duty under legislation introduced in Springfield. The bill was introduced by Senator Doris Turner. Turner says police body cams have been successful for law enforcement and believes the same can be accomplished for EMS. She adds she hopes she can connect with EMS providers and make it work for everyone involved. Proposed legislation could require electric vehicle charging stations in the garage of every new home. There are bills in both houses that would require a new single-family residence or a small multifamily residence to have at least one charging station for each residential unit with dedicated parking. Opponents, including the Home Builders Association of Illinois, say the measures are cost-prohibitive and charging stations are not universal in use or price. Similar proposals were put forward in the last General Assembly but didn't go anywhere. For more content, visit NowDecatur.com. News. I'm Lillian Wu. The president reshuffled his economic team. Federal Reserve Vice Chair Lael Brainerd and White House economist Jared Bernstein have been picked as President Biden's top economic advisors. Brainerd will replace Brian Deese as the director of the National Economic Council, while Bernstein has been nominated to replace Cecilia Rousey as the chief of the Council of Economic Advisors. Fox is Ryan Schmelz. The latest numbers in show Americans were shopping and spending to start the year with January retail sales up 3% from the month before. Street was only looking for a jump of 1.8%. So uh, this is a stronger number uh, than expected. Uh, but just want to point out these numbers are not adjusted for inflation. Uh, year over year, 6.4%. Fox's Cheryl Cassoni. America's listening to Fox News. Small footsteps through big trees. Laughter muffled by leaves. Knowing looks on unknown paths. Wherever you roam, the primary care team at HSHS Medical Group will be right by your side so your family can focus on what matters most sharing the next adventure. HSHS Medical Group, here with you for adventures big and small. Hi, this is Dan Martini, letting you know about the first-class service you get with First Mid Insurance Group, providing Central Illinois insurance coverage for over 100 years. We specialize insurance for your business and represent A-rated insurance companies such as West Bend Insurance. We guarantee you superior service, building trust through expertise to help make your business secure. We assess your needs and offer you a variety of insurance products and services. Service, whether it is in response to an insurance claim or just a general question, is the most important value we can offer you. Call us today at 217-877-3344, firstmidinsurance.com. I felt like you just did this, but do it again. If it's 50 degrees, you can't do this enough in February. That's right. Yeah, today it's nice. Mostly sunny, breezy, steady temperature around 50 degrees. For tonight, 40% chance of showers, but mainly after 3 a.m., increasing clouds and a low of 37. For Thursday, Rain showers likely before 3 p.m. Chance of rain and snow after that. Cloudy and windy with a high near 46. Friday's cold. 
partly sunny and a high of only 32. Only 32. That is normal. That's actually warm for February. That's right. Current temperature in downtown Decatur is already 44 degrees. Your WSOY time is 8.33. You're listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at nowdecatur.com. You know, I was telling you that Johnny Resnick story about the Goo Goo Dolls. It is actually, if you put together a list of uh, rock stars who lost their moms at a young age, it is a pretty impressive list. Yeah. I, I mean, enough so that it's not an anomaly. I, I mean, that there's something uh, that artists, songwriters, I mean, people that are around for, you know, big names. Yeah. You know, Bono, Tom Petty. I mean, you, you know, that it, it's almost like a, a part of the recipe. Yep, it's a catalyst. Uh, and I, I, I know it sounds weird, but I mean, it's a when you you can Google it and put together mm-hmm. a list. I've it, seen the list. It's, it's not coincidental, mm-hmm. I don't think. How Isn't are that you? Amazing. This I am well. I just think it's like with everything, stuff comes out of everything. Yes. Good and or bad, and and uh, life is just a constant change. It's the only thing that's inevitable. Yeah. And the thing we struggle with the most. It's the whole forest fire. You know, the forest fire comes and levels everything and new growth happens. Yeah, but it, it's why are we just hardwired to be... To you hate know, it. To, yes. I mean, it goes <laughs> against every grain, you know, of our personality. It's like some sort of innate survival mechanism in all of us. And I think if we can embrace, it's the both and, you know, you got to embrace change. It's, well, it, you can, you don't have to some. embrace it, but it is a steamroller. Man. You know, so uh, it is coming. Uh, we've talked about it in, in the healthcare field. Mm-hmm. We talked about it in higher ed. We we know about it in broadcasting. It, it is just a different world, and it is. and particularly, it's always been a different world. Change mm-hmm. has always been there. Change used to take longer because we didn't have the capability to do it faster, and Agreed. now that is gone. Agreed. And I think it's and the hundred year pandemic on top of it. <laughs> There's that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's exciting. You know, I think it's exciting to see what what will be because I'm not so enamored with how things are right now because I see all of the the failures in our systems and our systems in in all aspects don't serve everyone well. The institutions Mm -hmm. as we know it generically aren't working anymore. No. And so we can sort of hold on to the past and I'm not sure why, but maybe it makes us feel safe and secure, but they're not they're broken, yeah. so why not change? And, and maybe and they've always try. been broken, but mm-hmm. it, it seems like when life is changing on a dime, the institutions even slow down more. Yeah, and it's hard. In your industry. For like sure. Drew was in earlier. You know, all of that dynamic is going to change here locally. Mm-hmm. But but the way the government reimburses or the way that I mean, all of change. that stuff moves, moves like the Titanic, mm-hmm. you know, in a day and age where I, I could go to a doctor that's a chat bot. Yeah. One could argue that that I'm not sure our government's capable of coming to enough consensus to change things like how healthcare is paid. Yeah, you know, and, and even so, though we've seen the colossal failures mm-hmm. when it comes to the opioid crisis, absolutely. When it comes to you know uh, the pharmaceutical companies, when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, the fraud, when it comes to all of that, uh, we we don't have you know we we can't take care of children that are you, you know in DCFS. We can't take care of veterans in you know VA homes. I mean, there's nothing about the model that you go, well, yeah, we're doing pretty good, right? I think it just requires us to be creative and to, you know, in, in whatever your industry is, to look at what your your current payment structure is or, yep. or what your business model is. And and while you, you have to be able to do both, you have to be able to function in that world and, and dream of something outside of it. And it's a unique skill set. Not everybody can do it, but it's it's fun. So why is it that, that of all of these things we're talking about, we're pretty good at fixing your broken leg. You know, right. we're pretty good about giving you a prostate exam. We're pretty good <laughs> about, you, you know, mammography, mm-hmm. mental health. We, we get an F minus sure. across the board. Well, I think that part of it is, is the pandemic accelerated our understanding and knowledge of the need. But the infrastructure takes decades to you know, People don't have decades. Though. I know. I know. And so then that requires us to figure out how to provide support at tiered levels. And so you hear really neat stories about how, 
you know, peers are trained to do sort of peer support. And, you know, I think that one of the solutions that you're starting to see is that lay people are increasing their knowledge and ability to help. And again, someone with serious mental illness or severe mental illness, you know, needs a, a, a licensed professional, but there's not enough of those. And so if you can provide ways to support people and to increase well-being, yeah. you can, you can, you know, target those resources to the people that need them the most. But hey, it's tough. Uh, here's here's what I think it is. Mm-hmm. Not all of it, but but the the front end of the spear is that it's much easier for politicians to raise money and or votes and or support talking about gun control or mm-hmm. second amendment than it is dealing with the underlying issue of why someone would shoot a bunch of people in a school. Right. And so that's too nuanced too tough. So it will just divide the country in half on this argument. And, and I'm not saying this argument mm-hmm. shouldn't take place, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't take, it isn't solving the underlying issue. Right. I mean, we argue about how many clips in a, or bullets in a clip sure. versus why people get to a place where they of despair. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I don't know that there's anyone that goes in and shoots up anyone, but what happened at Michigan state yesterday without underlying mental health issues. You're absolutely correct. And we know it from the data, you know, really, you know, gun violence is a public health issue and you need to take a harm reduction approach. Yes, but they don't, they don't take a harm reduction approach when it comes to inner city violence in the city of Chicago, which is what's sure. in most of these mass shootings is the vast majority mm-hmm. of four people being shot. That's how it's, you know, but we don't treat gang violence the same way we treat what happened at Michigan State. Right. And and the truth is, is that there are things that can be done um, to slow people from getting weapons that shouldn't have weapons. And that's where the focus needs to be. Absolutely. And and we are going to have guns here. This is this is core to our country. Right. But nobody wants to give up anything on either side. You know, gun owners that Mm -hmm. argue for the Second Amendment don't want to be responsible for. I mean, you know, if you own that thing and it's in your house, you are responsible for that. Safe storage, safe handling. I mean, I, I think that's a bare minimum. You, you know, that you're required to do. Agreed. But you get everybody on both sides that just put up this big wall and nobody wants to have any common sense conversation about how to really accomplish anything. Yeah, I think that, again, I think it's I think the argument on on guns is is futile when it when we think about, you know, we we are going to have guns in our country. That is core to who, what our culture You're is. You're not going to so, get rid of them overnight, no, for sure. No, but, but how can we reduce harm? And we're smart. We know the data. We know which demographics, um, which, you know, it's, it's usually more male. It's under age 49. It's, you know, we right. know the demographics where we need to slow that decision-making process down and increase scrutiny on who has them yeah, and, that's, and that's not the, stop the right people from having them and who can safely handle them. And that's the extreme. And, mm-hmm. and then on the other end of that, you have access where kids, and we had this happen in our community, oh, yeah. 13-year-old kid, you know, no one was trying to, you know, no one was purposely trying to kill mm-hmm. anybody, but they had access to a loaded gun. And and that's where safe handling, safe storage comes into place. And that is that needs to be a focus of everyone in healthcare from a public health standpoint. And it's something we're talking about internally at Crossing. To be quite honest with you, there is um, a study and and an initiative happening at St. Louis Children's where gun locks are being distributed without questions in lobbies of children's children's physician offices and children's hospitals. And so that, you know, people are being encouraged to, if they have a gun in their home, it, it, we don't care the details around that. And we don't really want to know about that, but here's some safety locks. Yeah. Make sure it's stored safely. That's happening in St. Louis and one of the largest pediatric centers in the Midwest. And we're watching what comes from that. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's in the future at Crossing as well, because you know, those are the kinds of things that can make a difference. Well, and here's the thing. I, I, I get you have these I, I wouldn't even say they're arguments, but there's just always people that want to start at this point, like, like, well, that person should be responsible. But OK, that doesn't mean anything to a 13 year old kid child mm-hmm. who's dead. You're right. 
And so this is the argument about free needles, about everything. I mean, all the things that, yes, if everybody's dealing from the same, you know, deck of cards and everybody's got the same hand, okay, great. This utopia you think Mm -hmm. should exist. But if it's not the case, and clearly it's not, Mm -hmm. what can you do at a a, a base level of just trying to prevent tragedy? Correct. You know, trying to protect children until their frontal lobes develop. Yes. Quite frankly, you know, and it's things like condoms. We've argued about that in in society for I don't know, 30 years. <laughs> I feel know, like, the, like the argument now is like, I feel like it's Puritan. I mean, I feel like we're, we're going to be like burning correct. people at the stake. Correct. We just need to keep people healthy and well and, and make available to them the things that keep them safe until they might be at a better point in their life to maybe make a, or a better least, decision. Or at least increase the odds. Right. I mean, because there's not, you know, a lot of this stuff, it's about just trying to hold yes. your own. Yes, Stay alive until you're 21. Yeah, I I, never, it, I can't imagine what it takes to be like you, your staff, the frontline people that have to deal every day, every day. Uh, uh, and, and I'm thankful that you're mm-hmm. there because I don't know what a lot of people would do without you. Uh, but it has to be. I, I mean, I guess that has to be enough. Yeah, I think that. For me personally, I grew up in a very sort of sheltered world and environment and, and had a lot of notions about right and wrong and how things, quote, should be done. And and all of that's different now you, for me. It is for me, too. And mm-hmm. I, it, it's so much. It's it's really interesting. Uh, people will say, well, you've changed. I'm like, well, yeah, I have. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't understand getting older and getting more closed minded. Right. <laughs> It seems like a credible waste of wisdom that you've accumulated mm-hmm. through actual life experience. Mm-hmm. I, I just come to the, the realization most days that the way I see things is based on my personal experiences and not many people have lived the exact same life as me. And when I walk what in the shoes. What a diplomatic way to well, put that. Yes. But when I, when I start to really spend time with people who make completely different choices than me, when I know their stories, their choices makes sense. You know, maybe had they more knowledge about something, they might have made a different choice. But given the information, the experiences see, in life but, but they I, have, I'll, I see how they go down their path. See, but I'll throw their own argument back <laughs> up against them on that. You've never had more information at your fingertips in the history of human beings. Right. You not being knowledgeable about something is your choice. For, for me and for you, but for people who maybe lack education or access to Internet. <laughs> I'm ta- these aren't people, that's who I'm talking about. I'm oh. talking about the know-it-alls that don't yeah, do right. anything but have an opinion on everything and assume they know with the struggles that you deal with or mm-hmm. anybody else deals with sitting in the comfort of their home bitching on Facebook. You're right. And in the, in the challenge I would, would pose to them is pause, maybe listen twice as much as they speak, yeah. spend a little time with some people that whose lives are very different. Mm -hmm. Just go hang out at places like the Oasis or come to crossing and speak or, or just go have a conversation with somebody completely different. than you. I'm going to pay you a big compliment. And I mean this from the (laughs) bottom of my heart. I really do. Uh, and, And, when I've I've used services at Crossing, and you go to the campus there, and I've been there a ton of times as a visitor, but I've been there as a patient. And what you are not is institutional, which is a high praise from me because that is the way government treats mm-hmm. most of the things you deal with every day, right? Sure. You get the well, we're going to paint it this green color, and then uh, well, we're going to. Uh, uh, we don't want anybody spray painting it, so we'll, we'll paint it a darker green and then the kids just use fluorescent paint. <laughs> you, you know, it's got, it, it, mm-hmm. government has a feel. Right. Go to the DMV. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I, I mean, and I mean that. Mm-hmm. I've never felt that on your campus. I'm glad to hear that, and that's a complete testament to the people. Absolutely. Um, at every point in our organization. I've never felt like a deli number. I've mm-hmm. never felt like a, it's, in fact, it seems quicker. It seems more fluid, um, uh, less, I, I don't know how to describe it other than to me, the worst thing I can do to describe something is institutional because sure. it, it just doesn't work. It, it's set up for the masses. It doesn't care about your story, your name. Mm-hmm. You're just literally a number. You're a cog in the wheel. I've never felt that across. Well, thank you, because that is a very high compliment to the team, because we talk a lot about our mission, but then we spend more time talking about our core values. It's like, well, how do you do what you do? And I feel like the how matters as much as the what. And we talk specifically about the folks at the front desk. And, but that's unusual and, in your realm. 
Well, I, I know, but it's it, oftentimes it feels overwhelming. There's so much that I feel like we can't do because of budget limitations or staffing limitations. And so we try to focus on what we can do when we can at least make the people that we're taking care of feel human. That may be the only thing we do for them that day. We might not be able to help them get their $500 medication. And, you know, there's a lot of limitations to the resources in our world. Yeah, but, but I'm telling you, it says, a, I, I get that. And, <laughs> and, and I know that's, you're mm-hmm. displaying exactly why it is, is mm-hmm. that you're never satisfied with just doing whatever. Okay. And there's always this, you know, mm-hmm. striving to be better, to do more. And I just think in public health, yeah. uh, as in a lot of other areas, that is rare. I think I see that in my colleagues. It gets overwhelming. And you, and if you focus too much on your limitations, and I think this could be said for any line, line of work, you can get yourself there fast. And I've felt that before. But a pivot of here's what we can do, you know, and I think this whole community has to take that approach because there are a lot of, you know, challenges ahead of us as you see the healthcare environment changing. Everything and, is changing. Yeah. But, but there are so many things that you can do if you stop. You know what the epitome, you, you know what, what the, the literally the, that could be the profile picture for, for the institutionalized sort of mentality is the pin on a chain. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. But put a put a nasty clipboard right next to it, you know the old metal kind, and, and, and then like something taped on the window that says "You must" in yeah, capital letters. A window right. that looks like a NASCAR with all the all the uh, signage that's right taped. there, yeah. you know, taped up. Right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? It's not yeah. just healthcare. I mean, it's in a lot. You, it's uh-huh. veterans' homes. I mean, you know, and and then it just becomes like just okay. We just accept being just not great at this. Mm. Yeah. Not very warm and inviting, is it? Uh, I'm just telling you. I I, yeah. I, I mean that. Thank we you. had lunch the other day, and it was it was wonderful to have a, a free flowing conversation mm-hmm. for like two and a half hours. hours. I know, it's a long time. <laughs> it was a long time, but you know, in a day and age where we're all going through change and everyone's sort of struggling with what's the new new, mm-hmm. uh, what you guys are doing there is making a difference, and you're Thank doing you. it in a way that treats human beings like human beings, and and to me that is. Not the norm. Thank you. It is intentional. Well, you can tell. You can absolutely tell. Uh, All right. Um, We got to take a break. I I realize we're running a little bit behind here. We've had a great show today. Mm -hmm. We had uh, Dr. Rochelle Clark and Andrew Taylor and then Steve Oliver from BLDD. Uh, That's new school. Unbelievable. Looks wonderful. Looks great. I can't That's wait for exciting. more people to see it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Clay was in, uh, from the, uh, the park district and, uh, we had, uh, I, I did buy my Goo Goo doll tickets. Uh, I sent a check. Yeah. Can you buy them? I thought it was tomorrow. That well, you I think if you're a season buy. ticket oh. holder, you get an early option, which is the reason. I'm on my calendar to be for tomorrow. A, yeah. I'm getting Goo Goo doll. I'm getting the tickets. Well, of course you are. You and every Mount Zion mom out there are all going to be there for Johnny Reds. We'll all have our jeans and black shirt on. And yeah. and your pumpkin and, latte. And sandals. And <laughs> it'll be great. Well, it's not time for boots. Oh, it will be in September. Oh. Boots yeah. and vests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. And then that. Uh, uh, Drew Early <laughs> was in with DMH. Uh, and then Jim Reynolds and uh, Dr. Sarah Kotick, uh, who I got to meet for the first time today, which is really cool. Uh, I'm glad Jim's got some help. Uh, you, you know, I, I feel like we've got some steady hands at the top of some things that really is maybe more important now than it ever has been. You're absolutely correct. And I have such faith in, in uh, President Reynolds. Such faith and drew early. We've got great leaders. Yeah. I'm in this community. Calm. Yes. Thinking things through, being measured. You heard Drew say it. Yeah. He lives it. Uh, no, I, I, they let the data make the decisions. They, they listen to community needs. They do well. Yeah. All right. We'll do the break. Back with more. Here's Nick Smith with your News Channel 20 Storm Team forecast. Today's going to be mostly sunny and breezy. Steady temperature around 50 degrees. Tonight, 40% chance of showers. After 3 a.m., increasing clouds low of 37. For Thursday, rain showers likely before 3 p.m. Chance of rain and snow showers. Cloudy and windy, high near 46. Then Friday, partly sunny with a high near 32. Current temperatures in downtown Decatur, 44 degrees. Your WSOY time is 8.52. 
Hi, this is Dan Martini, letting you know about the first-class service you get with First Mid Insurance Group, providing Central Illinois insurance coverage for over 100 years. We specialize insurance for your business and represent A-rated insurance companies such as West Bend Insurance. We guarantee you superior service, building trust through expertise to help make your business secure. We assess your needs and offer you a variety of insurance products and services. Service, whether it is in response to an insurance claim or just a general question, is the most important value we can offer you. Call us today at 217-877-3344, firstmidinsurance.com. Miss a 5 o'clock show? How about a Buyers and Company segment or just want to listen again? The podcast section at NowDecatur.com is the place to go. Soy City Buzz, Pharmacy Facts, The Morris Code, Sport Talk, and Fuego. Plus, nobody asks us, save the date, and more. Buyers and Company, full hour and interview podcasts, and Tupper on Sports. All available for download anytime in the podcast section at NowDecatur.com. You're listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at NowDecatur.com. Yeah, and that was back when Meg Ryan looked like Meg Ryan. And Nicolas Cage wasn't as weird as you think of him today. Weird, no, just but standard, not as weird. Standard leading man. Ah, I'm not even sure that. That may be a little nostalgic, but uh, good stuff. Wasn't uh, Sipowitz in that movie? Dennis Franz, the guy mm-hmm. from NYPD Blue? Yes. He played one of the angels? Yeah. I haven't seen that thing forever. Solid movie. It was it? Yeah, it was all right. I don't know. I, I couldn't. Uh, it's I, a C plus. I can't popcorn. go back into my time it's machine fine. and tell you that. I don't recall. Yeah. I don't remember. I know I've watched it. Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, it, Sad movie. Yeah, well, Sad. it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet. You know, sort of origin there to all that. Unrequited love. Isn't uh, that what that is? Yes, and I love that you say unrequited because people pronounce that the wrong way all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yes, we have uh, a lot to get to tomorrow on a big Thursday. Uh, and then Friday and then next week. I'm so excited. Uh, I found, I saw Tat, uh, in the hallway yesterday for the first time in a, in a week or so. He's going to be principal today at MacArthur and, and I'm going to be principal today at Eisenhower. So we're going to renew that old rivalry. Uh, I think it's next Tuesday. I'm excited about that. There's, and there's, in every building, there's going to be a principal for the day. That's really cool. We did that. They used to partner, yeah, you know, partners in education. Mm-hmm. They used to do that and, and I did it a couple of years and then basically you spend like the morning, uh, uh, there, and then you have a luncheon where everybody mm-hmm. kind of gathers, and it, it's gonna be fun. Can you do the announcements over the PA? I feel like the students oh, would really enjoy that. Yeah, I, like that's right down both of your lanes. Yeah, sure. I'm like Orv Graham to them. That'd be cool. <laughs> I, I have no, no. No fantasies about like that. That is like, who's that? Um, uh, for right. sure. But I also uh, am looking forward to what I, I, I think will be a completely different experience mm-hmm. than what people think that it is. And I, yeah. I know that anecdotally just from our guy being there for four years, but also just being in the schools mm-hmm. for different community types of things. It's always so different than what people think it is. Yeah. I think that's exciting. I can't wait to hear about that. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. Uh, so it should be uh, a lot of fun. I'm glad they're doing that because the, the hardest thing in a community that's getting older, our, our demographics mm-hmm. overall, yeah. is getting people to care about something they don't have an attachment to You're any correct. longer. Right? So yeah. if you don't have kids or grandkids there, there's no reason for you to be there. There's no mm-hmm. reason for you to know. And therefore, somebody puts something on Facebook. And so in your uh, lack of any balance, mm-hmm. you just believe that. You're right, and pretty soon you have a picture of a school that that isn't the actual picture. Yeah, and I I do think that there are some things, and I've talked to building principals. You know that, you know that those middle age or middle uh, school aged kids that really didn't get the full experience because of COVID going right into high school. Basically, there's some issues there, Mm -hmm. Uh, but fights fight every day at Eisenhower High School in 1984. (laughs) The difference was it didn't get, it wasn't front page news and you didn't have everybody glomming on on social media Mm -hmm. and telling you what a hellhole it was. I never once had any fear of going to school. 
because the rate of frontal lobe development is the same in the 80s as it is now. So you've got students who just lack the ability to think things through. And you're going to have behaviors. Well, (laughs) and the people pointing out these behaviors, Mm -hmm. by the way, and Dr. Clark talked about this when they're addressing that they need more parental involvement. There's all better we can do. But you're doing the same thing on Facebook. Yeah. In condemnation of that behavior, mm-hmm. you're using the same behavior. COVID right. did a number on a lot of people's brains, not just Sounds 14-year-olds. Like yeah, you're right. Boy, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it, the truth. It's, speak it. Uh, all right. Listen, I know that uh, you guys have a lot of things going on yeah. and a lot coming up. And uh, I really want to spend some time, you know, over the next few weeks. And, and you're entitled to do this however you want to do it. But bring some of your folks in. And uh, let's, we tell let's good stories. do some uh, a dive down. I mean, I, I want to get an update on, you know, um, the campus and how it's doing as far yeah. as, you know, rehabbing and, and you and I know you've now been open long enough to have long-term stories, you, you know, uh, and, and not all of those are great. I mean, yeah. you know, you're not going it's, to, it's tough. I don't know how you. Some are a mixed bag, but we, I've got some great people I need to bring in. Yes, We've please, got some stories to tell. Please do. Yes, we will do that. We always enjoy seeing you. Thank you very Thank much you. for all that you do in the community. I don't know how you have a sunshiny time. day. It is a sunshiny yeah. day. Goo goo dolls. I know it's the goo goo dolls. Uh, all right, you uh, tickets go on sale Friday, and uh, you can not a bad seat in the house, whatever you decide to go with. But don't wait around because this might sell out. With Johnny Resnick hair. I'm jealous. We will see you tomorrow, bright and early, six a.m. Have a great day. WSOY Decatur and W277DB Decatur. WSOY, 1340 AM and 103.3 FM. Streaming live at NowDecatur.com. This is RJ Crace with your stories now brought to you by Shop on Main. Illinois EMS workers would have to wear body cams while on duty under legislation introduced in Springfield. The bill was introduced by Senator Doris Turner. Turner says police body cams have been successful for law enforcement and believes the same can be accomplished for EMS. She adds she hopes she can connect with EMS providers and make it work for everyone involved. Proposed legislation could require electric vehicle charging stations in the garage of every new home. There are bills in both houses that would require a new single-family residence or a small multifamily residence. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.